0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Believe in the Jaguars podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. As always, I am your co-host, Phil Smith, a.k.a. Phil the Filipino, joined by my partner in crime, James Johnson, the managing editor of the Jaguars Wire of USA Today. And we are back with another bonus episode, guys. And, you know, just expect these to come over the next few weeks as NFL free agency and the NFL draft come up. There's just so much to talk about, and you know what? We want to do our best to keep y'all entertained while you guys are uh, quarantined. You know <laughs> whether or not you guys can leave the houses again. We hope that you're all being safe and are nice and stocked up, and hopefully aren't going crazy, uh, cooped up there with your families. But <laughs> before we get into this week's uh, or this episode's topic, Jay, just want to check in on you. How are things up there? Uh, are you doing okay? Is the family okay? And you know, just how are you handling social distancing overall?
1: Yeah, man, I'm I'm good. I can't complain. Uh, like I said in the last episode, the social distancing uh, hasn't really been bothering me because I, I mostly predominantly work from home and stay close to home. Uh, or or maybe that's just saying I'm antisocial. Who knows? <laughs> but I'm I've been fine with the social distancing. Uh, just trying to more so look out for the family, like you said. Um, I hope you and your family are being safe, in the rest of America and their family. Uh, their families are being safe as well in this time of, um. I guess you could say this kind of a weird time uh, in American history. So um, nonetheless, happy to be back on the podcast, ready to talk some football and uh, once again, entertain our uh, fellow Jag fans with another episode.
0: Absolutely. And it's safe to say that introverts are thriving right now. This has been the moment they have prepared for their entire lives. So uh, before we get into it here, Jay, uh, as always, I want to mention that, uh, you know, just thank you so much to any of you that have gone out of your way to leave us a review on Apple podcast. If you feel like we have earned it and you're enjoying the show, that's one of the best ways you can support us um, along with subscribing on Apple podcast, Spotify, Google Play, Sp- uh, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. So, uh, Jay, let's get into it. The trade that we have been waiting for finally happened. Uh, no, not A.J. Boyer, not Calais Campbell, uh, not even Yannick Ngakwe. Nick Foles was finally dealt to the Chicago bears. He is one of the teams we talked about in depth when we went over the quarterbacks a couple of weeks ago, uh, as far as a good destination for him. And it ended up being, ended up being the bears going, uh, sending over a fourth round compensatory pick to us. And that now gives us 12 picks overall in the draft. Uh, we now will uh, own that 140th pick. Um, the, tr- uh, the trade does bring, A dead money charge of $18.75 million, which, Jay, I'll have you speak on here in just a moment as far as what that means. So the deal finally got done. A lot of people said it couldn't be done. And I think we need to give a kudos to Dave Caldwell because I think he's actually doing a pretty solid job. No, you don't ever want to see players like A.J. Boye and Calais Campbell leave. You definitely don't want to see a guy like Yannick Ngakwe say that he no longer wants to be with the organization but I think that Dave deserves a little bit of credit here for trying to right the ship. And as far as a move that you and I talked about this before we started, we don't even think we're convinced that he wanted to make in the first place. So talk a little bit about um, Nick Foles, uh, just not being the right guy here and moving on to Chicago.
1: Yeah. It's simply miraculous that he was able to get somebody to bail him out of this contract, uh, which was a bad one to begin with. And, and, that being said, you know, this is him and what it feels like him continuing to purge himself of or purge the Jaguars roster of the things that felt like Tom Coughlin is doing. Man, you have stressed that uh, you can't help but continue to feel that way after a move like this. Uh, so in terms of, like you said, the dead cap hit that the Jaguars will deal with, basically, of course, that is what the Jaguars will have to pay Nick Foles for him not to be on the roster. We've heard that term uh, with plenty of other players. They'll have to deal with a dead cap hit with Calais, Marcel Darius. Uh, The the most notable one last year was Nick Foles. Um, I'm sorry, uh, Blake Bortles, of course, because they gave him out a big contract and kind of cut him early or or parted ways with him early. So, yeah, the 18.75 is what the Jaguars will basically pay him as he's not on the roster One part that me and you actually talked about beforehand is that it said that they will restructure the deal in somehow, but it was never specified how they would do that. Maybe uh, because I don't know if the Bears, if I can recall, the Bears didn't necessarily have the best cap situation. But um, don't quote me on it. But when I looked at the Bears cap situation months ago, it wasn't necessarily the best. I guess you could say it wasn't the worst either. So maybe what Foles will do and his agent will do is make this more uh, ingestible by the Chicago Bears. But like you said, you got to give kudos for Dave for getting that off of the books. And, the, the you know, the dead cap hit this time around, I guess you could say, is not really as big of a deal as it was with Blake Bortles for the simple fact that we don't expect the Jaguars to be all that good this year because they're re- rebuilding. And me and Phil long felt before this. Even if the Jaguars didn't go the rebuild route, we didn't we weren't all that confident in them winning a lot of games anyway. Uh, So from that perspective, it doesn't really hurt them. And also, like I said, they got all of those guys with high cap hits off their books. Uh, Calais, A.J. Boye, Marcel Darius. So this time around, I guess you could say it's more ingestible uh, as the Jaguars are heading into a rebuild year where they you know what I'm saying? Like they don't necessarily need great quarterback play. This year or they don't need to be necessarily paying a quarterback a lot of money this year, because in the end, really, uh, we're really hoping the Jaguars have the worst season possible. Uh, That way they could get a franchise quarterback next year and address the issue. So that's why the dead cap hit probably shouldn't be that much of an issue. And that's why it's more ingestible this time around. And uh, right now, when you look at all of the moves, including this one, uh, yes, you definitely have to give Dave Caldwell a pat on the back. And I'm interested to see uh, what they do with all of this draft compensation as well.
0: Yeah, as far as the dead cap, nothing is as bad as what the Rams are dealing with in terms of Jared Goff. Did you hear how much his dead cap hit has now skyrocketed up to?
1: No, I did not. But I did hear something did kick through on his contract like literally this week. And I'm just dying to hear hear you talk about the figures on that. So this tweet came out
0: earlier in the week from uh a spot track, I think Spotrack, I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it. Uh big day for Rams quarterback Jared Goff who will have his 21 million dollar bonus paid uh while another 43 million of his future salary and bonus becomes fully guaranteed, he now holds a 94 million dollar dead cap figure for
1: 2020. Woo <laughs> lord. Oh my god. I don't I don't know how accurate that is or whatever. But that is ridiculous to even hear, uh, let alone, uh, whew, oh my God, uh, we Jazz fans, it could be worse. I'm going to definitely have to look into that and see like the specifics on that because Jesus, I mean, I don't know like if 90 million is like a dead cap possibility, but nonetheless, I'm sure whatever it is, it's probably ridiculous for Jared Goff because I know that that contract was very, very expensive for the, the Rams.
0: Yeah, our friends over at the Rams Wire, uh, Rams Wire Cameron DeSilva, did do an article on it on that tweet. So it seems to be pretty accurate as far as the numbers. But listen, I'll take 18.75 over 94 <laughs> any day of the week. That is for sure. So, uh, you know, do you think as far? I mean, Nick definitely seemed like a very nice and genuine guy. Of course, people in Philadelphia are always going to worship him and, and rightfully so it just didn't work out here. You know, it was, it's, it seemed to start off very well. You know, he had that nice pass to to DJ Chark and then all of a sudden he's down and then who could have predicted, you know, Minshew mania being what it was and the guy coming in and just setting the world on fire uh, with both his play and his personality, Uh, you know, really quick, you know, know, don't have to talk about it for too long, but, Do we think that uh, um, that Nick, you know, will have the weapons to to maybe be a little bit more successful in Chicago?
1: Yeah, I do think that's that's the interesting thing about it. This actually, despite how a lot of people feel about it, both on the Bears side and the Jags side, it actually could work out because the Bears are more talented than the Jags on both sides of the ball. Now, look, Nick Foles health is a bit concerned. We saw that week one when he was injured. Uh, albeit that you know that was gruesome and uh he did land on his shoulder, and that was a former teammate, as a matter of fact. I think it was Chris, uh, Christian Jones that tackled him and did it. Uh, but you know, it, he's never really even aside from that injury, which you may can call a freak accident. I guess that's what I'm trying to say is you know, he's never been the healthiest guy, so that's something that you have to be concerned about. But aside from the health, you know, they do have the weapons for him to flourish, I think. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Phil. I think they signed Jimmy Graham in free agency. Uh, so they got the big tight end that he needs that, you know, kind of like the Eagles implement and, and teams that like to use tight ends to that capacity, you know, the Patriots, uh, so on and so forth. So they got that. They have Allen Robinson to go up and get it guy, kind of like Alshon Jeffrey as well. And they even have uh David Montgomery, who's a very good talented running back as well. So they are way more prepared for a guy like Nick Foles than we were even when we got Nick Foles we weren't that talented as, as they are and I think you know in the end you know people might look at the deal and say Ryan Pace got duped but then in the end especially if they get to the playoffs and win a game or two which would be fitting because I think the Bears were the ones that ended their playoff hopes when he was with the Eagles if I'm not mistaken but if they can win a game or two in the playoffs or even get to the playoffs then I guess you could say that Ryan Pace actually did good on this deal
0: well actually the uh the game against the bears was actually the last game nick Foles ever won uh (laughs) as a starting quarterback that was the playoff game where they the bears had those multiple missed field goals
1: yeah so that, that i stand by that point you know now he's going from the team that ended essentially ended his career with the eagles basically from what you're saying and now he no, 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 what I'm saying,
0: the he beat no the Eagles beat the Bears. The Eagles beat the Bears. That was the okay, last okay, time they okay. focus the won game.
1: Win is what you said. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And now he's helping them out get, you know, weird, huh? But I mean that's that's just how the NFL works now. And uh like I said, I, I do think he could flourish better there than he would have uh in, in Jacksonville. So I think his chances are better there. It's a matter of just probably that health is the key thing for me. We'll see though.
0: Yeah, like you said, they got A-Rob there. You know, we, we always were very big fans of him. Uh, I think Trey Burton is is still there. Uh, kind of verdicts out on him. Taylor Gabriel's a guy that I like. Uh, Javon Wims is a, is a receiver that I thought was going to be a lot, have a lot more of an impact. But, you know, he's still young. And then, of course, they have Cordero Patterson. So, yeah, I, I'm interested to see. What, what happens? He did come out and, 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 you know, he is a classy guy. And I, I really believe that he won, wanted things to work out here. You know, I, I definitely think that. And it just, like I said, just victim of circumstance. And once you lose that, you know, once you lose the fan base, there's not really much else you can do. He did take to Instagram and said this. Uh, the year we had in Jacksonville was an emotional one with many twists and turns. Tori and I have grown as human beings through this last year. And we are grateful for that. We are thankful for those special relationships we developed while being there. Unfortunately, it didn't go like we all envisioned. But we are thankful for the opportunity. We have a plan, and God redirects it. We are looking forward to the next part of our journey. Ultimately, there are more important things in the world besides football. So my focus will remain on to prayer. I'll remain on prayer for everything going on in the world. Much love to all. Um, so yeah, you know he he left. I, I think classy came in as a guy that like I said, I think genuinely did want things to go well. But unfortunately in football, that's not how it goes. But, you know, just moving on from what's behind us and now moving on to what's looking forward. So it's they're going all in on Gardner Minshew. And that is what something we, we think we wanted them to do. And he's going to have every opportunity to prove that he is the guy. And I don't doubt that he will put in the work. Now the question is, does he have the talent to be a starting caliber quarterback in the league, especially when you look ahead to next year's draft? There are two guys that we have brought up before in Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. And they're going to be, you know, there may be a guy like a Joe Burrow who just shows up out of nowhere and all of a sudden, sudden inserts himself into the conversation. So, what do you think he's going to have to do to? You know, and we talked about this before. They're going. They already have. They have two first round picks next year as well, as far as their own. And then they still have that Rams pick. And that Rams pick might be really good because that team. Uh, <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. But that twenty twenty Rams team is going to be a mess on its own. So, you know, they have. They may have the ammunition to go get the guy that they want. Uh, what What do you think Minshew is going to have to do to prove that? Hey, I'm the guy. You don't have to look anywhere else.
1: I guess we'll save the numbers for. Another podcast, more closer to like training camp or something when we do predictions on uh, what we want to see Gardner Minshew uh, put up. But I'll say this. I think what would probably help him best to keep the job and prevent the Jags from taking a quarterback in next year's draft is he has to look like approximately a top 12 quarterback. And whatever that is in terms of statistics. And again, we'll we'll discuss that on another podcast. So I think if he looks like a a top 12 quarterback, then they could could probably live with him. But look, the thing about it now, too, is like, while Dave Caldwell has kind of basically praised Gardner Minshew indirectly and what have you, I guess you could technically say kind of, I guess. I mean, although Dave has been a part of the front office, too. Gardner Minshew is kind of a Tom Coughlin pick, too, kind of. So, you know, maybe Dave Caldwell will be looking next year to get, quote unquote, his guy like Blake Bortles was, you know, he was the long guy in the front office or or was the head guy in the front office when he took Blake Bortles. That's some interesting to look at, maybe. Uh, But, you know, if Gardner Minshew and the, look, the offense is suited to be more successful than the defense because the defense just has holes all over it and they traded all the veteran guys. So, you know, in a way, you could say they're going into this season Hoping the, the offense is, the, the the I guess, the part of the team that carries the team the most. Uh, I guess that's the best way to put it. Although, you know, they might not be the best suited to have success either. They're better in terms of talent than the defensive side of the ball. So, you know, they'll take that into consideration. Um, and they'll hope that he can become a top 12-ish, top 10-ish quarterback, maybe in my opinion, if he is, that probably that should be enough to convince him. Uh, but anything aside from that, you know, and if Gardner Minshew doesn't remotely look like a franchise quarterback, I think they'll probably move on and get Justin Fields or, or Trevor Lawrence, which in my opinion, I think it's gonna take a very good effort, whatever that is for Gardner Minshew to sway them from not doing that, in my opinion, because I think Dave Caldwell is going to look at the Blake Bortles situation and he's going to look at it as, you know, I don't want to hold on to a guy too long, especially if I'm on a timeline, a two year timeline, because that's when his contract ends. Essentially, I don't want to waste too much time on Gardner Minshew when I could just get one of these guys like a Justin Fields or a, uh, or a Trevor Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields and insert them into what should be a much better team next year. That's another key to this is the Jaguars are essentially set up to where they can build an offense around Gardner Minshew. And if he isn't the guy, you know, the team will be better built for whoever the next quarterback is to where you can just insert them into a very good team, kind of like Lamar Jackson was. He was inserted into a very good team and flourish. So I guess it's going to be real interesting to see of what Minshew brings to the table. I mean, like, that's not to say I'm not rooting for the guy, but I do think it's gonna take a a pretty good effort out of him, a pretty good season out of him to prevent them from going quarterback in the first round next year.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. A top 12, I think, is a good uh a good marker to put on it. And you know, I I have I think been me personally on this on this podcast and on the Jags Den. I think maybe I've been a little bit more critical of him now because I am a, just a fan of him as a person. I think he fits in with this fan base very, very well. And when you have something like that and when you catch lightning in a bottle, you have to do whatever you can to you know make sure that that spark lasts. However, that being said, you know, other than maybe the Colts win, I have been very vocal about how he did not really have that signature victory. I mean, we were down to the Broncos. It took... Took a very, you know, a last second of you know, quote unquote, Minshew magic for them to 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 pull that game out. And, you know, some of these wins were not necessarily against the best of opponents. The New York Jets we beat. Uh, he, he also beat, uh, and then you know he totally, you know, just crapped the bed in London. Now, I mean, those were different circumstances, but still, you know, he had some poor performances, and I think he got a little gun shy towards the end when uh, before Nick Foles took the job back over. And I think one of the things that made him so successful in the beginning was he was a little bit fearless, like kind of like kind of like a little bit of Brett Favre in him. You know what I mean? He definitely doesn't have the arm strength, but a lot a little bit of care a little bit of that uh that magic that that Brett Favre had, especially when he was younger. And, you know, I, I think it's gonna just like you, I think it's gonna take something really, really spectacular for them to commit to him long term, because of just like what you said, what happened with Blake Bortles. And this is set up to be a class that's going to have two premier guys, let alone just one, you know, that doesn't happen really too often. There's usually one, maybe one guy and then a bunch of, uh, you know, one B's one C one, you know, something like that. So we'll see. I'll definitely be rooting for him. I will absolutely be rooting for him because if you go into 2020, uh 2021's draft with two really high picks and you already have your quarterback. I mean, that's money right there. You know what I mean? You can just play with, play around with whatever you want to do with those picks. So, I will definitely be rooting for him. But again, like you said, Jay, we'll get into specifics in terms of numbers, what we think we want to see with him. Now, just moving on to the last little bit of it here before we wrap up this uh, this special episode. So now that leaves Gardner Minshew and Joshua Dobbs, who, of course, we acquired in a trade from the Pittsburgh Steelers earlier on in the year uh, as the only two quarterbacks on the roster. I think it's safe to say they will probably bring in another guy, um, whether that be in the draft. Or somebody in free agency. Now, here are some of the names, Jay. I'm going to rattle off. As far as free agents, um, Joe Flacco was just released from the Denver Broncos. I don't think that's a guy you bring in uh, if you're really committed to making sure that Gardner is the guy. Uh, Jameis Winston, I think, is out, also out of the question. And then you move on to the next tier, which is guys like Drew Stanton, Josh McCown, Trevor Simeon, Mike Glennon, Brett Hundley, I think would be interesting. Uh, Matt Moore, and then two guys that are on this list. I'm just going to bring up just because it's kind of funny. Actually three guys, Um, Blaine Gabbert, Blake Bortles and Brandon Allen. Uh, Who who do you think is going to be the other quarterback in that quarterback room? Uh, They're going to draft a guy. Or do you think they bring in one of those names?
1: You know, it wouldn't shock me if they drafted a guy like just because they've done it for. And again, you know, it's the, the front office is Dave's now albeit, But for the last what two three years or so they've at least got a quarterback late in the sixth round or something like that I think they continue that trend because it's just kind of been a trend for them and you know they've actually got some production out of those quarterbacks or at least uh kept them on to the roster to some capacity like you said Brandon Allen was one they kept on the roster albeit on practice squad and uh Gardner Minshew of course is a classic case in point he's starting now and uh, could be the future franchise quarterback for this team. So I think that may be the route they'll go. Um, in, in terms of Dobbs, he's a guy that, you know, with the team spending, albeit like they've recovered that fifth-round pick and some more, they spent the fifth-round pick on him. He was on the team last year, uh, a bulk of last year, you want to say, and, you know, he's a guy that is probably familiar with some things and in terms of I, I know the, the playbooks changing to a degree, but he's familiar with the receivers and the personnel and uh, this, that and the other. So you, I kind of like his chances to stick around as number two guy. Uh, but in terms of a number three guy, I would say. I would probably say think along the lines of Alex Magoo, you know, like they were really high on him last year and uh, wanted what keep- I wanted to do. Yeah, man, I miss that guy. <laughs> so, yeah, I think along the lines of a, a, a Alex Magoo type of person that could, you know, maybe be a sixth round, seventh round pick. Um, Like maybe like a, I, the person I did to them or I mocked to them was like a Kelly Bryant or a, like a Gordon. How fitting would that be? Gordon uh, going from Washington State. On to being on the Jazz roster with Gardner Minshew again, because I think they were on the roster last year together over there um, with with Coach uh, Mike Leach, if I'm not mistaken. So, like, yeah, I think like a guy like Gordon or, or Kelly Bryant, maybe a guy that necessarily won't make the final 53, but a guy that will more so be maybe on practice squad that they could stash on practice squad. Then again, I don't know if that. Maybe you can look this up, Phil. I don't know if the roster extension uh, is a thing this year or is it next year that you could have more players on the roster than you typically could have had. But if you can have more players, then maybe they could keep a guy like, you know, Kelly Bryant or Gordon on on the roster. But I guess we'll have to look into that later down the road. But, yeah, that's what I'm thinking along the lines of who they will uh, put into this quarterback competition uh, heading forward. Yeah, I believe that kicks in next season, Jay. I, I'm
0: not 100% sure, but I don't think that kicks in until next year. But that is a good point. Yeah, this, you mentioned some of those names like Kelly Bryant that are expected to be like a later round pick or even maybe even available via free agency. Yeah, Anthony Gordon. Uh, I'm just looking at this list as far as the rankings. Some of the other names that are interesting on here. DeAndre Francois. I honestly, just because I don't pay attention, I guess, that much, I, I had no idea that he didn't finish his career with Florida state. And I, I didn't even know he was in this draft. Um, but yeah, this, yeah, there are definitely seeing Shea Patterson, who of course was a little disappointing uh, in his time with Michigan. But yeah, I, I think they'll definitely bring in the guy. If they're sold on Dobbs as their backup, then I definitely think it's more likely they go the route of having, or uh, go the route of going with a, a quarterback in the later rounds. Like you said, they have done over the last few years. But one thing is for sure, based off all these moves, they are ready to give Gardner Minshew the keys for at least 2020 and 2021. So he's, it's all up to him. And uh, I think it's, and this is a topic for another time, because we'll get into, you know, kind of a mock draft scenario pretty soon. But I think they'll definitely do something in terms of getting him some more weapons in the draft as well. It's been a little quiet on the free agency front. Uh, There wasn't really, you know, a lot of names out there. Anyway, all the tight ends we seem to have missed out on. They weren't really interested in Eric Ebron. Um, and he's now off the market as well. so I think it would be wise of them to draft another tight end to go along with Josh Oliver, who they seem to be committed to. But um yeah, that's pretty much it for this we uh, for this uh, uh, bonus episode, you guys, we wanted to get on and talk about the quarterbacks one more time. Of course, it's the most important position in sports, so we had to dedicate a little bit of extra time to it. jay. we'll we'll get all wrapped up here. so talk to them a little bit. About what we can, uh, you know, what we offer with our Patreon, and then what you're gonna get done over there, over on the Jaguars Wire, they can keep up with. While, like we said, the country is a little bit on, uh, on, on a little bit of a hold right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, man, just hang in there, guys. Hang in there. But uh, yeah, as I said, you know, we have the Patreon, which we have a five, ten, and fifteen dollar package, which you all can look into Patreon.com. Believe in the Jags or Patreon.com/slash Believe in the Jags. You can also email us at believeinthejags at gmail.com and uh, send us your questions and, and what have you. Or uh, you can leave the voicemail, which is escaping my uh, mind right now. But we've said it plenty of times in the and um, in, in the past podcast and I actually tweeted out or something for you guys. But uh, yeah, so that, that's where, how you can get connected with us and maybe throw some questions in there and, and what have you in terms of the content. Uh, I'll, of course, be working on free agency stuff, probably be doing some breakdowns on the players. We got, you know, Schobert, the rest of the guys that they got and and how they'll contribute to the team. So um, that'll be one thing that I'll do. Maybe look at some guys that are available still that could come in and contribute. And then it'll be more of uh, more draft content because that's essentially how the Jaguars are going to build this roster up now, because a lot of the starters have been plucked off the open market. So we'll be looking deeply into the draft within the next few weeks or so. And, uh, yeah, that's it. All right, guys.
0: Yeah, keep an eye out for all those things that Jay mentioned. If you want to reach out to us directly and uh, maybe even ask us a question that we can address here on the show, you can reach me at Phil the Filipino, F I L I P I and N-O, oh uh and uh, jay is at sports Grind underscore don on twitter and uh, again we really appreciate you guys if you're interested in advertising on the show please contact us uh or contact believe i should say at believe.com and that's it guys this has been another episode of believe in the jaguars podcast right here on the believe podcast network we believe do you we will see you guys next time stay safe